0: You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.
1: It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas
0: the biggest thing we have
2: to do is stop contributing to losing with mistakes that we have control over and most of those center around turnovers and penalties and so we'll keep working at both areas to try to play a turnover free game a penalty free game when we do that I think the result will be a lot more favorable for us you know we all have to do a better job so uh, that's what we're gonna focus on this week
1: this is unnecessary roughness Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, here's your boy Q. Q.
0: Appreciate JT the Brick for passing the sticks on after a couple hours with him. Now you got a few hours with me. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We like to call it Studio Q. Of course, the show is being brought to you by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. After a day away uh, from the comfy confines of the studio and the home studio, we were at the Oyo, the Underground Lounge. We had a really good time. Appreciate everyone who came out. Got hooked up with some tickets. Got hooked up with some T-shirts, some cups, some koozies, whatever the case may be. Checked out Monday Night Football on and all the massive TVs that they have there. Just a really good environment there at the Underground Lounge. So we definitely appreciate the Oyo Hotel and Casino every time they give us an opportunity to be out there, which is every single Monday night. And like I said, appreciate everyone who came by, stopped in and said, what's up? We definitely appreciate you. Got a big show coming up for you today. You just heard head coach Joshua Daniels as he met with the media on Monday, and he was just talking about the penalties. He was talking about the turnovers and how that's contributing to the Raiders' losses as they're sitting there at 1-3. The only game that they've really been blown out in is week two against the Buffalo Bills, and now basically what you've seen through uh, the past couple weeks, Buffalo is, is that team, right? They look like they really are that team and uh, coming off a big performance against the Miami Dolphins. So uh, you got to feel – Pretty good about, okay, You got blown out by a really good team, but the Steeler game obviously was a very winnable game, and uh, Sunday against the Chargers was a very winnable game, and obviously they have another winnable game coming up on Monday, but they've got to find a way to eliminate exactly what you just heard from head coach Josh Daniels, the penalties and the turnovers. You've got to find a way to get that out of your repertoire. If you do that, then you may have an opportunity to win some games, but as long as you keep shooting yourself in the foot and giving teams opportunities to capitalize on your mistakes, you're going to lose a lot of football games. So uh, that was head coach Josh B. what he had to say on Monday at the Intermountain Health Performance Center coming up on the show today. Got a big show lined up for you. Always proud of the show that we put together each and every day and the different guests that we have lined up uh, talking about a variety of different subjects and there's no different coming up today. 2.30 Amber Theo Harris, the Silver and Black show. She does that show with James Jones and Eric Allen and you heard a little bit of the conversation that they had with Max Crosby following the game on Sunday. You'll hear from her. She does a fantastic job. She's always dropping nuggets and knowledge. She's been covering the NFL like a glove for a very long time and I love the opportunities that we get to have Amber on the show and it's so funny because as good as she is and as much as uh, you know we learn and and uh, understand what's going on from what she has to say. I learn even more when I'm sitting in the press box next to her and I get to talk to her, right? And we just sit there and, and you know, shoot the bull during the game and, and, you know, just talk about the game, go back and forth. She's so knowledgeable that it's just it's a, it's a fun conversation. And with the people that she gets to talk to, she likes to bring that conversation, you know, to, to the you know our conversation as well. So I always appreciate the time that we get to share with Amber Theo Harris. So she'll join us at 2.30, talk all things silver and black as she was a part of that post-game show, as I mentioned, with James Jones and Eric Allen. For the Silver and Black show at 3 o'clock, our normal Tuesday guest, John McClain from Sports Radio 610. Uh, we'll talk to him. And, oh, speaking of, because I, I, I forgot, with John McClain joins us at 3, we'll have to start off talking about the Houston Astros. The other thing with Amber Theo Harris, she's a Baltimore girl. The Baltimore Orioles are not only in the playoffs in, in Major League Baseball, but they're also the AL East champs. Right? And two years ago, they had lost 110 games. <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden this year, they're the AL East champions. So we'll definitely have to. Matter of fact, we got to start off talking some Baltimore Orioles with Amber Theo Harris because, man, she's got to be so proud of her Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I know that Brooks Robinson died not too long ago. She took a picture. She actually had a picture with him that she put out on Twitter. So we'll ask her about the Orioles first. Then we'll d- deep dive into the silver and black. But uh, she's got to definitely be proud of her Baltimore Orioles. But John McClain will join us at 3 o'clock. We'll talk all things uh, NFL. We'll talk about those Houston Texans and what they're able to do. And C.J. Stroud as a rookie quarterback, what he's been able to do. Hasn't thrown an interception yet. I know he lost a couple fumbles so far, but, I mean, he hasn't thrown any interceptions. They've really taken on the the image and the likeness of their head coach, D'Amico Ryans. Uh, they don't have a ton of talent. There's not a bunch of standout names that they have that we can just, as casual fans and onlookers from a distance, can say, oh, that player is a good player. That player is a good player. But they're finding ways to get it done. They're sitting there at 2-2. on the season, and again, C.J. Stroud is playing some really good ball, so we'll talk to John McClain about that, we'll talk to him about all the storylines going on in the NFL, and we've got to ask about the Houston Astros, AL West champs, Uh, so they're waiting for the, the wild card winners, we've got to see how far John McClain believes Houston is going to go, and I'll say this, uh, the AL West has been fun to watch this year. Between the Rangers, the Mariners, and the Astros, really been fun. I'm actually watching the Rangers right now. They're on my uh, screen here in Studio Q, and they're up 4 nothing on the Tampa Bay Rays. So they're the fifth seed in the wild card series, and they're up 4 nothing right now over Tampa Bay, and I believe it's the bottom of the seventh inning. So, uh, yeah, we'll continue to monitor that. There's so many games going on in baseball. I I don't know how many people are big-time baseball fans. I am and there's nothing better than baseball in October. That's postseason baseball. That's when it gets good, and that's when pitching matters. So (laughs) I'm telling you, this is something that I always, always love to focus in on is postseason baseball, so we'll ask John McClain about that as well coming up at 3 o'clock. Also on Tuesdays, we always have Lincoln Kennedy do a little bit of a review of what he just saw from the the past game, and I'm sure it's not going to be great. Right, when we talked to Lincoln. He's going to talk about what he saw from Aiden O'Connell. We'll talk about what he saw from the Raiders' offense, their defense, what they did in the second half, and, you know, compared to what they did in the first half. Uh, talk about the Raiders' struggles in second quarter and third quarter as far as scoring goes. And they're one of the, the lowest scoring teams in the league. Right? I mean, that's, that's unfortunately something that I did not think was going to be a weakness of this team. Something that I thought was going to be their super strength was the fact that they are going to have all these weapons offensively. Josh McDaniels is going to be able to hit the right buttons, call the right plays to get this team humming offensively. And so far, they've scored 62 points through four games. That's an average of 15 and a half, 15 and a half points a game, a, a, a game. You're not going to win too many games in the NFL Like that. Matter of fact, there's only a couple teams that are worse than them right now as far as scoring in the NFL. Uh, How about the Giants, who we just saw Monday Night Football? They didn't look very good. They've only scored 46 points. The Bengals, kind of surprising here, but Joe Burrow's been banged up quite a bit, have only scored 49, and the Patriots have scored 55. And that's it. They're the only teams that have scored less than the Raiders so far this season. Now, there's teams that have scored the same amount, like the Jets, the Steelers, the Falcons, and the Saints. The Falcons and the Saints are 2-2. Two and two. They play in a terrible division together. Shocking, right? They've only scored 62 points. And then the Jets and the Steelers. The Jets, we know their situation. They have a really good defense. Uh, they have a really good running game. And their quarterback, well, he looked pretty good on Sunday night against the Chiefs, even though it was a loss. They've only won one game. But you know their issues. What they lost Aaron Rodgers after four plays, and the Steelers have won two games this season, but they've won them on strength of their defense. And that's it. It's not because their offense is worth the salt. Those are the only two teams or the only few teams that have scored the same amount of points as the Raiders so far this season, 62. And nobody in the AFC West outside of the Raiders is even under 100 points. Every team in the AFC West has scored at least 100 points so far this season, except for the Raiders. Again, they're averaging 15 and a half points a game. So we'll talk to Lincoln Kennedy about all that coming up at 3.30. And then, On Tuesdays, we always have the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient always joining the show, and that's something that the Raiders have been doing, a a, a really cool little gesture that they've been doing and taking care of the community since they've been in this Las Vegas community, uh, making sure that they give back to the local high schools for their athletic programs. And, you know, each and every week there's a Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award recipient, and that gets them in to win to be the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Year award recipient and that always ends up being at the end of the year but each and every Tuesday we have that previous week's winner on the show so today Coach Demain Reeder from uh, Clark High School. They picked up their first victory of the season in a, in a close one, 17-16 over Cimarron. Again, their first win of the season. Uh, they've had some struggles. They've also had some games canceled because of weather, so they're trying to find their footing, uh, but they did on uh, last Friday, picking up the 17-16 win. So Co- Coach Demain Reader uh, from Clark High School is the Tom Flores High School football coach of the Week Award recipient. You'll hear that conversation coming up at 4.30 when he joins the show, so looking forward to talking to him. I'm a big high school football fan. So to be able to have the Raiders be so involved in high school football and to also have that as an element here on this show is such an honor. So very pleased to have that uh, be a part of the show each and every week here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Amber Harris at 2.30, John McClain at 3, Lincoln Kennedy at 3.30, and Coach Domain Reader from Clark High School coming up at 4.30. In the meantime, in between time, we'll hear from you as well at 702-365-9200 and the Don'tBeBroke.com text line 69187 keyword R&R. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive.
1: The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Padala. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery.
0: So here we go with the opening drive, and I want to try to bring – I don't want to say positivity to the conversation. I know where Raider Nation's at right now. I know the frustrations. I know where my frustrations are at right now uh, as the team is sitting there at 1-3. and three. Uh, I know that everyone wants this team to get things turned around. Everyone wants to get them back in the winning track. And, look, the division is not – you know, out of, out of reach yet, right? I mean, it's still early enough in the season. We know that there's teams that aren't looking good right now that at the end of the day, at the end of the season, you can look back and say, man, remember that bad stretch that they had? But look what they're at now. So I kind of want to just bring that conversation to, to the forefront. And what I mean by that is what will be the reason that the Raiders get this thing turned around if they get this turned around. No, by no means am I saying that they're going to get this turned around. I want to make sure that's perfectly clear. No means am I saying that it's going to happen. But if it were to happen and get turned around and they win a game, say, Monday, and then they win another game and all of a sudden they're squared up at 3-3, three and three, it's like, okay, hold on. Now you're on to something, right? I mean, all you got to do is get back to 500. You get back to 500, all bets are off especially in the AFC West right now where no team is really that dominant. Even the Kansas City Chiefs aren't that dominant if we want to keep it a buck. Denver, they almost lost to Chicago, right? Chicago's another team that the Raiders are going to be playing in the next few weeks, right? The Packers, they have their own situations uh, going on as well. Their offensive line is is very, very leaky. And, well, Raider Nation, we all know what a leaky offensive line looks like, right? (laughs) The Raiders' offensive line the last two weeks have given up a total of 11 sacks. That's a leaky offensive line. Well, the Packers have that issue as well. Right, Matt LaFleur said on Monday Night Football when Green Bay lost to De- uh, Detroit, he can't throw the ball from his back. Jordan Love can't throw the ball if he's on his back. And that's what he was all, uh, all Monday Night Football long. So uh, they're going to play again on Monday at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, so the, the question I throw out there to you, what will be the reason – The Raiders get this thing turned around if they were able to get this turned around. Like, what do you see from this team that says, okay, that's where they could build right there. That's the spot that can get them going and get this thing, again, one week at a time. You can't guesstimate and estimate that they're going to win four games in a row or three games in a row, whatever the case may be. Hell, when they made that playoff run, I sure as hell didn't think they could win four in a row. They hadn't showed that all season long that they could win four in a row. Then, boom, all of a sudden, there they go. They go on a four-game winning streak, and they make the playoffs to my surprise and a lot of Raider Nation's surprise. And some people believed that they could do it. I did not. But I also had no problem saying, hey, I'm pleasantly wrong. All right? I'm happy to be wrong. That was okay. So there's eight teams currently in the league right now that have one win. There's a couple teams in the Bears and the Carolina Panthers that have no wins. But there's eight teams that have one win, the Patriots, the Jets, the Bengals, the Broncos, the Giants, the Vikings, the Cardinals, and of course the Raiders. So again, I throw the question out there, what would be the reason the Raiders get this thing turned around if they in fact get this thing turned around? That's what I want to hear from you. Again, you could say that they're not going to get this thing turned around, and that's a valid answer. But if they are going to get it turned around, what would be the strength? And I like to believe, and maybe I'm just a a victim of the last thing I saw, I like to believe that you know, this defense starts to turn things around and that that running game gets going. I feel like the defense could start to build off of what they did against the Chargers on Sunday, especially in the second half, and the run game gets going. I think that there's a little something-something with Josh Jacobs. I know he did most of his damage through the air on Sunday against the Chargers, a lot of catches, eight catches, and he was able to get downhill. But when that dude's got the ball in his hands, good things happen. I mean, they really do. So I just feel like that he is rounding into sh- shape. He's rounded into form. He's now in football shape as opposed to just being in good shape. He's now in good football shape, and he's ready to roll. And the best thing about this situation, and I guess best is probably not the right word, but the, 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 the thing about Josh Jacobs is he's got an attitude now, right? He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's angry. He's probably, to be honest, probably pissed off at the start that the Raiders have gotten off to. Some is probably on him. He's probably pissed off at himself a little bit, and I'm sure he's pissed off at the team for where they're at and them not executing the way that they should and the fact that they've shot themselves in the foot so many times. The one thing I know about Josh Jacobs is an angry Josh Jacobs is a good Josh Jacobs, right? You want him to play with that chip on his shoulder. You want him to play very angry and fired up. So I feel like he's starting to turn the corner. And I was very encouraged from what I saw from him on Sunday against the Chargers. It's something I asked Coach McDaniels about, right? Are you starting to see – what you want to see from Josh Jacobs. And, you know, he, he agreed with me that it's, it's starting to come around for him. I think it's there. Four games in, I feel very comfortable saying Josh Jacobs is ready to be that guy. So I think on the strength of Josh Jacobs getting things cooking and the defense building off of what they did, if this is going to turn around, and, again, I use the big word IF, the big two-letter word IF, I-F in all caps, if they're to get this thing turned around, it's going to be on the strength of the defense, continuing to build off what they did in the second half against the Chargers and Josh Jacobs getting things cooking. That's me, what says you. 702-365-9200, the WBroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Don't forget, Amber Theo Harris, Silver and Black Show, Sirius XM Radio, will join us coming up at 2.30, and we'll talk all things Raiders with her. Uh, 805 Raider, hit us up on the WBroke.com text line. If the D plays like it did in the second half of the Chargers game, then we have a shot to get to 500. That's 805 Raider. What about 901 Raider out of Tennessee? Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Hey,
3: thanks, Q. Thanks for taking my call, man. Yes, sir. I think we can get it turned around if we play. We got to play complementary football, and I'm not talking about just offense, defense, and special teams. I'm talking about the coaches. It has to start with coaches have to be able to recognize the talent that they've got on the field and what their strengths and weaknesses are and put them in positions to utilize their strengths. When that and that last series uh Sunday, there's no way you put a rookie quarterback rolling out to the right side of the field where you cut off half the field
4: mm-hmm. on a
3: short field because you only got the end zone so everybody playing tight yep. and you don't go back to the opposite side of the field. That's that's not a that's not a a a a a, 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 a recipe for success in that kind of environment because everybody's collapsing to that side. So we, you know, we would have done better using the same, same uh, uh, play, but throwing it back to the tight end like we did on the two-point conversion the week before. That worked because everybody was flowing one way. Yeah. But it's got to start at the top because the coaches are responsible for putting the players in a position to utilize their talent, and their skill levels, and and uh, and play smart, coach smart, and play smart.
0: I like it. Great call. 901 Raider from Tennessee. Great call. And you're right. You know, complimentary football in all elements, offense, defense, special teams and coaching. And I'll say defensively, I think Pat Graham had a had a hell of a day. I know we talked about it briefly on Monday show. I think he had a hell of a day, especially in the second half. His players were in position to make plays. And I know Trayvon Merritt came away with the interception, but he also put one on the ground. And I know and I realize he's playing with a, a cast on his hand, a club on his hand. I get that. But if you're out there and the ball hits you in the hands, you've got to make that interception. And that one in the end zone would have been a huge play for Trayvon Merrick. He would have came away with a couple interceptions on the day. And again, two weeks in a row, Marcus Peters, the ball was right there. It was right there ready to make a play. And he got his hands on it and wasn't able to make the play. He's been in position. He just hasn't made it. I don't know if he's thinking. I don't know what he's doing, but he hasn't made the play two weeks in a row when he had opportunities. So, yeah, I think that Pat Graham really lined up the defense pretty well, but you're right about, you know, the offensive side of things. And I hate when, when uh, you know, coaches decide to roll the quarterback out, especially to the small side of the field, the right side. It's just like you said, one Raider. It's just everyone flows there, and it's tighter, and all of a sudden you're, that window that was already small becomes that much smaller. <laughs> right? It's just it's so difficult. I hate when coaches do that. And, and especially you put a rookie in that position, I would, have, I would have much rather him stay behind center, stay in the middle of the field, and have at least the whole opportunity to use the whole field. Or like you said, if they're going to roll him out, throw it back uh, you know, across the, the field uh, to the tight end like they did on that two-point conversion. But that's even dangerous because you know how fast these players are. You throw that ball across your body and across the field, a lot of times it's going the other way. Uh, I think the best idea would have been to hand the ball to Josh Jacobs and let him get downhill. Because, again, I feel like he's doing a pretty good job right now of running Dan Hill. And you saw what he was able to do in the passing game and uh, also in the run game on Sunday. Let's go back out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our guy, Hardcore Raider. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
2: Hey, Q. I think Raiders get things turned around if uh, if your boy Q doesn't wear any more red polos for the rest of the year. You know what I'm <laughs> <Okay>. saying? <laughs> I haven't, actually, I haven't worn
0: one in a while that was uh, Raiders related, to be honest.
2: Hey, since we're blaming you for everything, I figured we'd blame you for that, too, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'll take but,
0: uh, it. I'll take it. Uh,
2: no, no, but for real, like, I think you said something yesterday I was thinking about, and it's something that I've always said because, like, I always felt like throughout all the years, to be a Raiders head coach, it takes a different – just a different kind of coach, especially mm-hmm. when, you know, the referees – I'm not saying this last game is because of the referees, but, you know, when yeah. things aren't going your way and, you know, you got extra odds stacked against you, I just think it takes a certain caliber of coach, okay? And if you go back and kind of something you said about Chucky, that he wasn't Chucky right away, uh, John Gruden grew into the name Chucky, and that's Mm -hmm. because we blew a lot of games at the end of the game, and the referee calls, and he got really fired up. And we saw a little bit of that with Josh McDaniels when uh, our defense did get a stop. We saw him really fired up, giving some guys high fives and stuff. So, so the main thing I'm going to say is is we got to see this coach, and this is when I say like you know he's got to learn to be a Raider. Uh, which I think he is, and I think he's going to, but learn what it means to be a Raider and develop into like that style uh, of coach of what is needed to be a Raiders coach. And then the next thing, just real quick, will be the offense. I think we need to be getting at least three touchdowns. I think the offensive line has to take some pride in what they're doing and realize that we have a super stud running back. They got to block better. And, uh, you know, for the offensive play calling, I think we need to do a, a lot more of the same, the same system as far as scheme goes, for the, the setup, uh, you know, for the players out on the field, but we need to mix it up more. Meaning, uh, you know, like, they got to be able to pass the ball around to guys like Hunter Renfro, Michael Mayer, and, and stop trying to target, like, one guy. I feel like there's too much targeting instead of just letting the play, like, go to whoever, you know, whatever the defense is set up. Let, let the uh, defense determine who we're going to throw the ball to instead of having, like, a predetermined, uh, you know, player you're going to target.
0: I like it. I like it. Good stuff. Hardcore Raider right there. And, man, I used to say that for years as well when it came to the the, the head coach and it takes a special dude to be a Raider coach. Everyone's not cut out to be that guy. And then I kind of – it's funny that you mentioned that. I'm glad you brought that up because I kind of felt silly like the last few years saying, okay, like you, only a only a guy built to be a Raider head coach could be a – you know what I mean? Like I felt like that that was kind of a silly statement and I felt like, okay, well maybe that's just my Raider fandom getting in the way. But I totally understand where you're coming from because it does feel like it takes a special dude that that's cut out to be a Raider. And the funny thing, as you mentioned, you think that Coach McDaniels could get there. I, I like how he's embraced – Being a Raider, I don't know if he's quite there yet, but, you know, just the kind of things he's done so far since he's been a Raiders head coach, like the tip of the cap, the cliff branch at the Hall of Fame game, I thought that that was really cool, trying to go deep on the very first play. Uh, You know, he mentioned in that Seahawks game after uh, they had more guys on the field after that interception, and he's like, well, we're the Raiders, what do you expect? You know, kind of puts his, his arms up and did the little MJ shoulder shrug. Uh, I I would like to see that. I would like to see a little bit more fire. I'd like to see him uh, embrace being a Raider a little bit more. I know GM Dave Ziegler really embraces being a Raider as well. As a Matter of fact, he brought up when um, when the draft was here and he was and he was ready for the first day of the draft. How he walked by that that room there at the Raider facility and there was a big. Uh, you know, picture of Al Davis on the wall, and he just kind of, you know, tapped on it and was like, man, that just kind of gives me butterflies because of the greatness that is Al Davis and what he meant to the NFL and what he meant to the organization, how much pressure he has on to kind of, you know, hold up the legacy of Al Davis. And so I know Dave Ziegler has really embraced it, and I feel like Coach McDaniels has as well, but I love that point that you brought up. And uh, the offensive line, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about getting the run game going and everything. If that offensive line don't step up, ain't nothing going to get going. <laughs> that's a that's a really good point as well. I like that. Uh, text from the 510, the five and dime, 69187, keyword R&R. What's the point of winning a couple more games, Q? Still ain't making the playoffs. I'd rather lose out and get Caleb or May so we can finally have a franchise quarterback. That's from the five and dime, and that's cool. That's cool. if that's If that's your prerogative, I don't know about you, but I don't, at this stage of the game, in September, I'm not talking about the draft. I'm not worried about the draft. I get the idea of it. I'd rather this team win as many games as possible, and I think Raider Nation would much rather have this team win games, right? I don't think anyone's calling and being like, hey, you know what? Lost the game, but that's all right. Draft spot is a lot better. Like, man, if that's what you're playing for in September or October now, that's awful, right? But I understand where you're coming from. I mean, you know, you're looking at the quarterbacks and you're saying, okay, hey, want to get this top guy. And I do think that if they find out Aiden O'Connell's not their guy, if they feel like, okay, you know what, he's not going to be the long-term guy, they are going to have to dip into the draft. The one thing I find encouraging is that the Raiders were willing to trade up to the number one spot to get Bryce Young this past year, right? We, we found out that it was them and the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, Carolina won that. Now that you're seeing what C.J. Stroud is doing in Houston, it's kind of like, man, he wouldn't have been too bad either. But they were willing to trade up. So I don't think that they have to be just the worst team in the league to get an opportunity to get one of those really good quarterbacks that are coming out if they choose to go do that. But, again, I'm so far removed from draft conversation right now. Uh, You know, I watch college football each and every Saturday. I love college football, and I watch it for the most part to see who's going to be a really good pro and who I think is going to be a really good pro. But I'm not worried about the draft position in October, and I think Raider Nation deserves wins as opposed to, well let's try to let's try to get, you know, let's try to get a really good draft spot. Uh, let's go out real quick to the phone lines at seven oh two three six five ninety two hundred. We got Amber Theo Harris coming up. She's a Baltimore native. How about Sean calling in from Baltimore? What's on your mind, Sean? Welcome to the show.
3: Hey, how you how you doing? fellas? Hey Q no. so when people be talking about the draft man, they don't understand about the getting care of and all them boys is the NIL, the NIL, they make so much money, they don't even have to come out that year. They don't like the yeah. team that they, they see. They can just sit back and be like, "Yeah, I'm coming out next year." So they can cancel that all that draft talk, man. Because them boys got too much money to be jumping into some sorry team right now. That's what I wanted to say.
0: Hey, that's a good point. That's a really good point. That nil money is pretty insane right now. I I love the concept of nil when it was when it was you know thought of. I didn't think that they would be getting stupid money like they're getting now. They are getting stupid money. I mean, you got Spencer Rattler driving a G wagon, right? I mean, you got you got a uh, uh, Shadour Sanders just. I mean, just driving. The fanciest of the fanciest Mercedes and and got all kind of crazy money and is on commercials and all kind of stuff. And, you know, Caleb Williams, he said, well, I don't know if he said it, but it was on Twitter the other day. And so you take it for it with a grain of salt. But he's saying that if there's certain teams that are in position to get him next year, he'll go back to school. Now, I don't think that's a good idea. We've seen football. We know how rough football is and how you're one play away. We saw what happened to Sam Bradford when he went back to school for another year. He got injured on his shoulder, and now he still went number one overall, but he just never was the same guy uh, with that shoulder injury. So I would never encourage a guy to go back to school just because, well, I don't like the team that's going to pick me. But you're right, Sean. That money that they have, that opportunity to stay and make money in college and not have to stress off of playing for – you know, a bad team, say the Cardinals, say the, you know, whoever. Throw in any team that you want, um, the the Broncos, the the Vikings, the Cardinals. Like I said, the Raiders, hell, I mean, they, they might look in and say, hey, I don't want to play for any of those teams. I'm gonna go back to school. There, the possibility is there. They they have that option. So, uh, yeah, that's why. That's another reason why I don't really focus in on the draft in October. Plus, hell, the season just got here. Four games into the season, right? I mean, this this is not what I talked all off season for, and this is not why you know I was interested in who the Raiders drafted and couldn't wait to see what the games look like, so that four games in I could talk about the draft next year. That's 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 not. I'm not built like that, but I get it. Like I said, some folks are just trying to make sure that the Raiders or any other team that's, you know, they anticipate it to be really bad goes and gets one of those top notch quarterbacks in the upcoming draft. Thank you so much for that call, Sean. Thank you, Hardcore and also 901 Raider, plus the text on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 226 at the time. Will we come back? The Baltimore native, Amber Theo Harris, Silver and Black Show. I know she's proud of her Baltimore Orioles. We'll start off talking Orioles and talk all things Raiders with her next here on Rare Nation Radio, 920.
1: That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 a.m. Brought to you by Paul Padilla. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery.
0: This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six foot party trays, they're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made to order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh baked bread. Loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Subs neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness
1: with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio.
0: And here we go, Raider Nation. question that we threw out there on the don'tbebroke.com text line, a 69187 keyword R&R. What will be the reason the Raiders get this thing turned around if, and that's a big if, they get this thing turned around? Uh, from Raider Chavez in the 916, he said, if the Raiders turn things around, it'll be because the O-line gets their stuff together and gives Jimmy time to find the open receiver. Keep those texts coming. We do appreciate all the feedback. Again, 69187, keyword R&R. Join us now on the phone lines, our good friend from the Silver and Black Show and Sirius XM Radio, radio Amber Theo Harris and Amber, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. Before we get into anything Raiders related, I know that you are a Baltimore girl through and through. Uh, you not too long ago had a picture with Brooks Robinson that you posted, and he passed away not, uh, not too long ago, but he was a hell of a player. The Orioles. They uh they are in the postseason. I'm watching postseason in baseball right now. How proud are you of the Orioles as a Baltimore native?
5: Oh man, thanks for asking Q, by the way. Um I'm I'm speechless. I already bought tickets back to game five and game seven of the World Series. And I estimated that it game five would be in Baltimore and game seven would be in Atlanta. Nice. That's how much I'm trying to project what might happen. Cause It means a lot. Look, people from Baltimore are diehard sports fans. Not a lot of transient people there, not a lot of transplants. I mean, the people from Baltimore are usually born and bred. And for me, one of my great childhood memories was Cal Ripken catching the final out of the 83 World Series. And unfortunately, that was the last time I got to see that. And I'm in my forties. I was a beat writer. I mean, a beat reporter, part of the broadcast team for the Orioles for five years during some pretty lean years. So I traveled with that team, you know, players like Jim Palmer, um uh, became like a second father to me. I was married by Scotty McGregor, who is the team chaplain. <laughs> he also happens to be a 20-game winner. Nice. So I'm just very entrenched. It's 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 the one team for me, just like a lot of Raiders fans, you know, it's the team for me that I will cry like a baby. I have to be there. Um, it's part of my soul. And um our city, my city, as far as Baltimore needs it, you know. The pandemic was hard and we need it. And so, um, God, I'm just just so excited to see all of Birdland celebrate and not just make the playoffs but win the American League. So um, I'll be there one way or another. Don't worry, I won't miss any Raiders games (laughs) or anything like that, but I'll be there somehow. I'll tell you
0: what I'm. I'm so proud of the Orioles and look, I'm an A's fan, but I'm so proud of the Orioles. This team back in what 2021 lost 110 games. Now they're the AL East yes. champions and they have an opportunity to make a deep run and and win that World Series. I mean, they really are a legit team. That's got to be. I mean, that's a hell of a turnaround right there from 110 losses to where they are now.
5: It is, and you know what? There was a time where former, you know, former GM. uh Uh, Jim Duquette said you you can't just you can't rebuild in the American League East and well he's not there anymore and somebody else came in and did it and um, you just there was a time in in my life not so long ago where you just felt like you were always looking up whether it was the Red Sox and Yankees or the Rays you just you know A's fans know what it's like (laughs) you guys know exactly what it's like and there just didn't seem hope in such a power division and and here we are. I'm happy for these young men. I think the biggest question is going to be, can they, you know, it's, it's one thing to get on a roll when you're young like that. But I was talking to Jim Palmer about it. Learning to pitch in the postseason so it all comes down to pitching. Yep. That's, a, that's a different game. So yep. we'll see what these young guys do. But I have a lot of faith in them, and it's
0: just a fun run so far. No, it is. It is. So I'm excited for them. I'm excited for the postseason. There's nothing like uh, October baseball. I mean, that's what it's all about. And it's
4: cool. Yeah, it is. It, it really
0: is. is. Pitching pitching matters, like you mentioned, in a major, major way. Again, Amber Theo Harris is our guest here on Radar Nation Radio 920 say Roughness. Now, let's get to the silver and black. And of course, you cover the team like a glove, like I do. Uh, you saw the debut of Aiden O'Connell on Sunday against. The Chargers seemed to me, Amber, he got better as the game went along. What were your overall thoughts about what you saw from the young man?
5: Yeah, I think he was put in a really tough position, you know, just to start. And I get it. There's other there's three other draft picks, top draft picks that started right away. But they were also first rounders. This, Mm -hmm. This kid wasn't a first rounder and wasn't expected to start this year. And here you go in week four, you know, on short notice. Um, get out there. And I thought he showed toughness and he showed resilience. He, he didn't fall apart despite Khalil Mack just giving him hell all day long. Yeah. I mean, that's scary. Mm-hmm. Think about it. You're, you're a rookie and Khalil Mack's coming after you six times, makes contact with you. So he didn't fall apart. And I think that was the most encouraging thing. Um, I really love seeing in the second half where he found a rhythm with Devonte Adams, um, also was able to find a rhythm with Josh Jacobs catching out of the backfield, not not really running the football, but catching out of the backfield. And, the, and, and I think there was positive signs. I think there was times where he looked um, really poised and, you know, tough to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there was other times where, you know, he was a rookie. The fumbles, he was indecisive. Um, you know, I think that's, you don't want to make a mistake when you, when you're getting your first start in the national football league. So you tend to have that extra second of hesitation and that's, that's death in the NFL, right? Right. That one second, um, is, is going to lead to mistakes. So, you know, if he has to start again, we'll see what happens with Jimmy G. I, I think there was a lot to build on and that's all you can ask for. Uh, with a rookie like
0: that. Yeah, you know, I asked Coach McDaniels on Monday, I asked him, you know, did Aiden O'Connell do enough to earn some more time or is it the Jimmy G show when he's healthy? And it appears, it sounds like it's a Jimmy G show if he's healthy, but Amber, I'll I'll tell you, I was kind of encouraged by what I saw towards the end of the game. I'm actually intrigued. I'd like to see a little bit more from Aiden O'Connell, to be honest.
5: Me too, because you know what I didn't ask? he didn't. I want to add, he didn't look lost. He never looked like a deer in headlights. And how many times have we seen rookie de- debuts where they just look like, right. wow, that was really fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what I just saw, but it was way faster than what I've ever seen in college. And he didn't have that look. And that's why I, when I when I say poise, yes, he fumbled the ball twice. But he never had that lost look. Um, and the toughness is something you can't teach. The ability to get back up and forget it and move to the next play. That's why I would like to see more from him. Because look, Jimmy G is not the long-term answer. Right. So we have to see what the future is at some point in yeah. Raider Nation, and um, you hope Jimmy can go, and if he can't, I think I'd like to see what AOC can do.
0: Yeah, I'm with you 100% again. Amber Theo Harris is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Watching and listening to uh, your guys' post-game show, uh, James Jones said that this is a, the NFL is a one-score league, right? I mean, that's just what it is. There's going to be so many games that come down to one score. The Raiders have been on the winning side of things in the past. They've been on the losing side, and this year they haven't found a way, except for the game against Denver, to win those one-score games. What do you think it's going to take for the Raiders to turn this thing around and be able to win those close games, like the last two against the Steelers and, of course, the Chargers?
5: I think it's going to take some sense of moxie. To, to to. I know that's an old word, but that feeling of swag mm-hmm. that we got this, um, you know, like to give a baseball analogy, you know, remember the, the best hitters in the world. You know, when the game was on the line and you knew A-Rod or whoever it was walks up to the plate. Jeter. I'm thinking of those days, you know, the yeah. Yankees of, of the mid two thousands. There was that feeling that nobody would rather have that situation, like be more responsible for a win or loss than that one man. We need those moments. Like where there's the leader on the team that has that kind of swag. Like this is you're putting the ball in my hand and I'm going to win this for you. And you know, the, the, the play, call, and I don't want to harp on, you know, play calls because I'm not a head coach. Right.
0: right, right. And I,
5: and I can say right now I can't do it better than Josh McDaniels. I'm going to put that out there. <laughs> Me either. I can't do it better <laughs> than him. Right. Right. But I can, as an analyst, which is my job mm-hmm. to look at this game and say, okay, you know, from a logical standpoint, if you have a play, you know, like the interception at the very end of the game with the Raiders, where Jacoby Myers is the intent intended target, why isn't it? Why isn't it the guy that you want to put the ball in his hands? And that's Devonte Adams. Right. Like, why isn't he the first? You know, a play with him? You know, it's like uh, in basketball. You know, you're going to the guy that's going to hit the shot from the corner with the bu- at the buzzer. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody knows who that guy is. Everybody knows who it is. We know it's Devonte Adams, right? Or we know it's Josh Jacobs. So why is Josh Jacobs when he gets you all the way down the field and he's got a rhythm going? We don't run the ball on first or second down right. in those last drives. That's a, it's almost the same as the week before.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: It's when I say Moxie or having that look. We're gonna win this right here, right now. Why are you kicking a field goal? Put it in the hands of a playmaker and have them make a play. And the Raiders are lucky to have playmakers. Yeah. Look at what the Arizona Cardinals like. They're fighting people, right? And they're they got a horrible roster. Look at the Texans. They're two and two. Yep. They're making D'Amico Ryan's is doing something down there, and they got nobody. They got a rookie quarterback and nobody on that roster. Yeah, and they're making some things happen. So it can be done. The Raiders have a better roster with star players than a lot of teams in this league. So put the ball in the star players' hands. Look at Max Crosby making a big play on that fourth and one. You know, Max Crosby in the defense, but Crosby was credited with the tackle on that fourth and one play against the Chargers. That's, that's your playmaker making a play when it counts. Now put on the offense, when you have a chance to take the lead or tie the game, put it in your playmaker's hands. And that's the difference. It's ha- it's having stones. I'm sorry to yeah. put it that way. No, you're right. It's having stones yeah. at- and trusting your playmakers. And that's it. I think that's that moxie I'm talking about.
0: No, it, it absolutely is. And I'm, I'm glad you said basketball because you, you'll live with that that last shot by your star that misses. You'll live with that because that's who you want taking that shot, right? So if they miss, okay. I had it in the best. I had it in Kobe's hands. He missed a shot. All right, no problem. Live to see another day. But, you know, you don't want it to go to someone who's not that guy. Then you wonder, like, how the hell did they get the hands on the ball? And, you know, um, J- uh, Josh Jacobs looked like he was really starting to round into shape, too. I mean, I know he didn't have a lot of rushing yards, but his receiving yards were great, and when he gets the ball in his hands, he makes some good things happen.
5: Absolutely. And that, so, it's like you had... I'm trying to think. It was under three minutes maybe left? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to look yeah. at exactly what yeah, it was. What it was. Yep. But, but you have the ball. You got time. Yep. You can run the ball on first and maybe second down in four-down territory. Mm-hmm. And if Josh Jacobs... It's kind of the feel for the game thing we talk about, right? It's right. an art play calling coaching to feel for the game. You saw that all of us saw that he was getting into a rhythm and that he was getting his legs under him. Stick with it. Right. That's the art of going, okay, I feel this. He's feeling it. Let's stick with it. And then we're going to go to Devante right. <laughs> on this on, on third down, you know, or fourth down. If we have to, we're going to go to the playmaker and, And, you know, yes, like you said, you'll live with it if your best player doesn't make the play. But you've got to take your best shot to win. Wayne Gretzky, it's my favorite sports quote, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And I feel like... The Raiders are not taking the shots they should be, not with the, the you know, stones that they should be taking them with. Right. Like, this is what we're doing. We got playmakers. They're going to make it happen. And if we don't, I'll take that loss. Yeah. But we're not even taking the shots. Right. And that's what it has a little, you know, I'm, I'm you know, that's my read on it. And again, I, I'm not a play caller. I'm not Josh McDaniels. And in his head, there's a rhyme and reason for that. And I want to be respectful of that. But to me, it's just feel for the game, man. Go for it. Right. At this point, what do you have to lose? Go for it.
0: Yeah, and that's the frustration right now for Raider Nation. That's how they're feeling as well. They just see a lot of talent out there, but it's not turning into, and the results aren't what they want, which is obviously wins. And Amber, you guys had an opportunity to talk to Max Crosby right after the game, and he's always going to give you 100%, if not more effort. I mean, he brings it each and every game, and it's always great. But, I mean, you can even hear the frustration in his voice. And one thing he said that stood out to me is he said that we've got to do it as a unit and he really slowed down when he said unit and kind of emphasized that And, and i picked up on that because i do that all the time as well when i'm trying to emphasize a certain word or get a certain meaning across when are the raiders gonna 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 actually execute as a unit as opposed to individual players
5: and and you know what as a unit if we're talking about just the defense right I, I have to give credit that I felt like Patrick Graham had those defensive players in good positions to I make plays, yep. and they and they didn't make plays in this game. You know, each game's different, and I said in the post game show Patrick Graham can't pull down those interceptions himself. Right. When Marcus Peters now has missed two in a row that he could have caught, one was in the end zone, two interceptions that should have been, and Marcus Peters has made that play a thousand times in his life. Mm-hmm. Not sure why it's not happening. Right now, I don't know if it's a mental thing, but he knows it. You see him after the play, like, man, I'm here for that. Like, right. that's why they bring me in. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make that play, but he was in the right position. It's the right defensive call, right? right. Then you've got um, Trayvon Merrick with with a uh, in the end zone, a ball, t- you know, Justin Herbert throws it, touches both of his hands. If it touches both of your hands, that should be an interception. You know what a game-changing play that would have been, a momentum-changing play? So those missed opportunities are kind of what I think Max is talking about as a unit. You mm. know, when you have a chance to make a play, this is the NFL. You make a play. Right. Or else you won't be around that long. He also mentioned complementary football. And, and I think we have to be a little bit fair. I think that was a great point because he'll always say, you know, we need to be better as a unit. The defense played very well in the second half of that game, especially. Mm-hmm against the chargers. They only gave up, they gave up 13 first downs. I believe in the first half, they only gave up three first downs. They only gave up except for that 51 yard bomb at the end to Palmer. That should have been a pass interference. Right. They only gave up 34 total yards of offense in the second half. Wow. They gave up, what is it? No points, right? right? They yeah. shut them out. In shut the second them out. Half. Yep. So that's when he says complimentary football, it's like, yeah, yeah. We shouldn't have let them get 24 points. But when we come out in the second half, and we hold them to zero you got, and give you guys the ball back, you got to do something with it as well. And I feel like the, the offense started to, but it was a little too late. Once they started to get that rhythm going. So they got to get it started on both units need to get it started earlier in the game.
0: Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, And again, Amber Thea Harris is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We'll close out with this. You know, speaking of being able to get it going throughout the course of the game, the second and third quarters have been just detrimental for the Raiders. They've scored nine points in eight quarters, right? Between the second and third quarters, all four games. They can't score a touchdown in those two quarters. What do you think is the biggest disconnect why they can't get things going in the second and third quarter?
5: Well, I can't really answer it for the second quarter, but in the third quarter, because you know, if we all had answers, you know, I'm sure Josh McDaniels would be able to figure it out (laughs) in the second quarter. (laughs) I can tell you when I look at the third quarter, that's telling me there's a messaging problem at halftime, because if you're down, you know, 17 points, 14 points, whatever it is, 10 points going into the half, you should come out of the half like a bat out of hell, like your Mm -hmm. hair's on fire, if the right message was sent in the locker room. And sometimes I just wonder, cause I've never, I haven't seen it. You know, I'm not in the locker room at halftime. How urgent is it? You know, how fiery is it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't have the answer. I would love to know because, you know, I feed off of that kind of stuff. Guys like Max Crosby feed off that kind of, you know, sometimes you got to put a foot in there. You know what? Right. At halftime. And I don't know if it's too laid back or too technical, maybe with the adjustments, um, but where's the fiery message that got grown men to run out of that tunnel in the second half and be ready to wreck shop. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. So I'm asking this as a question more than giving you an answer about why they can't do it in, in the third quarter. But if they can't make adjustments at halftime that we see in the third quarter, like we saw them in the fourth quarter, yeah, you know, in the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, you got to come out and make those adjustments early or else you're going to run out of time. And that's, look, they've run out of time two weeks in a row.
0: Yep. Yep. Facts. Those are big facts right there. That'd be a hashtag on Twitter. Hashtag big facts. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what that would be right there. That's the great Amber Theo Harris with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Amber, I know you got so much that you got going on. What are you working on besides being a mom and doing laundry? (laughs)
5: well today's laundry day Tuesday is my my day off so I got baseball, getting grass stains out of baseball um, pants it's a really, you know, it's a glamorous life (laughs) you know, everybody thinks it's a glamorous life here Uh, no, I got um, you know, I'll be back on the Silver and Black show on Thursday Uh, I haven't seen our guest list, but I think obviously James Jones will probably be joining us um, remotely on the on the Silver and Black show, and then of course Raiders Game Day, uh, catch us right after the game on Monday Night Football, and I really hope that the Raiders, you know, can start to crawl out of this because they got three three winnable games ahead of them. They really do, um, and if they don't if they don't take advantage of this three game stretch before they face the Lions in four weeks, uh, it's going to be a long season. But I choose to be positive, and I think that they are close, and this is a chance for them to get back on track.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you, and that would make everyone's life a whole lot easier, Monday Night Football. It's all eyes on them. It's going to be a Legion Stadium. We're looking forward to it, and yeah, hopefully they're able to stop the bleeding, but uh, it's always great catching up with you and getting your knowledge and your nuggets that you drop in. Go Orioles, right? That's the end of the day. Go, Go Orioles. Oh,
5: thanks <laughs> for letting me share my Baltimore love a little bit. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Amber Theo Harris right there with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920 <laughs> Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, man, it's always was great to catch up with her. Went a little bit longer than expected, so we're going to stick it right here, Aria, if that's okay. We'll stick it right here. We'll get to a couple calls and texts. We'll close – actually, we'll probably get to a couple texts. I know we're a little short on time, but we'll get to a few texts. We'll close out the uh, hour, and then we'll get to John McClain, Sports Radio 610 at the top of the hour. But, man, a lot of great nuggets right there that uh, Amber dropped in that conversation, so definitely appreciate her. And the Texas Rangers just wrapped up their, uh, their uh, postseason game number one, wild card game. They won 4-0. Uh, over the Tampa Bay Rays. So that one's in the books. I actually got two TVs going on right now at the in the home studio trying to watch this postseason baseball. And as you heard right there from Amber, go O's. She already has her tickets. Already has her tickets planned out for the World Series. They ain't even got to the first round. She hasn't even got the Orioles out there on the, on the field yet, right? They haven't even taken the field. They're waiting. They're not in the wild card since they were the, the division champs. She's already got the World Series planned out. That's how much through and through she is Baltimore Oriole. And I'm not mad at that at all. We threw the question out there on the WBroke.com text line. What will be the reason the Raiders get this thing turned around if, in fact, they get it turned around? Sir Whiskey Ray, good friend of the show, said, Q and Ari, happy Tuesday, gentlemen. Today's topic is a good one, and this can go in either direction. If we are to turn the page for the better, it's going to be with our quarterback play. Running the ball with destruction and our defense allowing around 20 points a game. On the flip side, our coaching will be our Achilles heel if they don't make adjustments going forward. Things must change as we still have 13 gifts, games left on the season. Lots of football left to play. I'll stay optimistic and stay po- positive for the time being. Thanks, you, as always. Have a good show. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And Yeah, I mean, it can go either way. Right? There's no doubt that it can go either way, and uh, I'm hoping, like I said, that uh, they are able to turn things around uh, on the better side of things. Right? They want to go in a positive direction. They want to start winning these close games as opposed to losing these close games, so uh, they've got to find a way to go ahead and get that done. The only game that hasn't been close so far this season has been Buffalo. Every other game has been really close, and the Raiders have been right there within striking range and just haven't found a way to seal the deal. Uh, Got a text from the 805. Two things for me to see that the Raiders can get things turned around is the dominant run game. And second thing, the passing game is spread around to all the weapons on offense, Raiders, baby. Again, that's from 805, uh, From a text from the 805. And, yeah, I think that spreading the ball around is important too. I mean, I really do. Uh, Hopefully, whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Jimmy G, Aiden O'Connell, or other, right? I mean, whatever the case may be, hopefully they're able to get that going. They just got to have a bigger threat than what they currently have right now. They just – they, it's, it's Devontae Jacoby and Josh Jacobs show, right? And even though those are big time weapons, you've got to have a threat from other guys like a Trey Tucker, like a Michael Mayer, like all those guys. So uh, thank you so much for that. Keep those texts going. What will the reason be the Raiders get this thing turned around if they get it turned around? John McClain's up next. This is Rainish Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.